Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.Jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Yahira.Jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group, and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. As always, it is my hope and prayer that you find this episode inspirational and informative. I know I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm like maybe two or three days late from posting, maybe four days (laughs) late from posting, but it's with good reason. This weekend, your girl celebrated her 42nd birthday. Tell my age with the ooh-oohs, ain't it? <laughs> but it was all the way lit. I had a fantastic birthday, and I felt every piece of my age, every piece of my age. But it was all good. Every year, um, and actually, this is the last year, unfortunately. But every year for the past 15 years, the city that I live in, we celebrate or we host an event. Um for historically black colleges basketball tournament and it always falls on the weekend of my birthday so I always turn up it's like a known thing there's parties all over the city and I celebrate with my friends my friends come in and we all celebrate together and this year was no different and it's unfortunate that this is going to be the last year but maybe it's a good thing because after this year, I was feeling it. Every, like I said, every piece of my joint was hurting. <laughs> every piece of my joints. But I had a good time. All right. But let's get into this episode. So on the last episode, you guys heard me do an interview with um, a listener by the name of Yvonne. And Yvonne shared her experience of 
um, having the virus while expecting a baby. Um, that was an episode that I enjoyed doing because for one, I don't have any children, so I don't know what that feels like or what concerns come with expecting a child while having the virus. So I really appreciate that Yvonne, um, wrote me via email and said that she would like to share her experience with the rest of our listening audience. So thank you, Yvonne, for sharing your experience. I appreciate it so much. On this episode of Dating with Herpes, I think I'm going to do another listener's request. It's not an interview or anything, but one of um, my listeners wrote in um, about a question. She had a question and wanted to know if I had known anything, had any information regarding her question, and unfortunately, I didn't. So I told I didn't, and she said, well, maybe this will be something that will be a good you know, episode for the podcast. So I agree, and this is what happened. So let's get started. So like I said, last month I received an email from a listener. Um, she also wanted to share that she appreciated the podcast so much. Um, she enjoyed listening, but she had a question for me and wanted to know if I had any information on her concern. Basically, her story is probably one that's not too far from what we've, we've all experienced. Um, she had sex with her partner. Her partner gave her the virus, did not tell her that he had the virus. And then when she confronted him about him giving it to her, he denied that he had it, stating he knows his body, quote unquote. And I'm pretty sure she's not the only one who has experienced this. This wasn't my experience, but I've heard other people say that this was their experience. And we all know that you can have the virus um, and not even know that you have it because you don't have any symptoms, but you can still potentially pass it from person to person. So the listener wanted to know and wanted me to do an episode on if there were any laws that required a person who has been accused of spreading the virus to take a mandatory STD test to confirm that they have it. And like I stated, I didn't know any information about this. I was actually curious about it myself. So basically, if you contract the virus from someone, but they deny it, can you force them to be tested? And I think that's a a really good question. Um, Now, she had done her own research herself, and she hadn't found anything regarding it. So I decided to take her up on her request to try to see what I could find. Now, what I found was an article that was done by the CDC called State Statutes Explicitly Related to Sexually Transmitted Diseases in the United States. And this article was done in 2013. Um, now, this is a very long article. I'm, I'm talking about pages and pages and pages, like hundreds of pages. I didn't read the entire article. What the article breaks up is into our state-by-state statutes. And you can actually click on whichever state that you want to know what the statutes are for those states, and it jumps down in the article and provides you with that information. So that's what I did. Um, And what I did is I chose to read information on three different states. Um, I did my state of North Carolina. I did my home state of New New York, not specifically New York City, but the state of New York. And then I did Georgia. I was kind of interested to see what their statutes were. Um, not to be stereotypical or to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to shame Georgia anyway, but I know that 
um, the city of Atlanta, there's a large population of um, homosexuals there. And I'm not judging in any way, but I just wanted to know um, if there was any statutes, because I believe there are a lot of men who are not out in the open and they could easily pass it, you know, any virus, not to say herpes, but they can pass any virus, HIV, any, you know, STD, you know, because they're not in the open and they're not open about their sexuality. So they'll have sex with men and also have sex with women. And, you know, you know how that story goes. So no disrespect to anyone who lives in Atlanta. I'm just saying, okay. Um, don't come for me. Don't come for me. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the only time that the law, when I read the article, the only time that the law forced, um, anyone to do mandatory testing was when, um, the sex was non-consensual, meaning that they were raped, um, or if it involved a minor. But if you are, um, interested in reading more, I mean, basically that's all I got from reading information from from those three states there was nothing that um said that there was mandatory testing like say for instance if I had contracted the virus um from somebody in the state that I currently lived in and if the person I contracted it from um said you know I don't have the virus I don't know what you're talking about um you must have been sleeping around you got the wrong person um I know my body all of that stuff could I then go to, you know, this, you know, the health department, um, then file a complaint through the police department and then force this person to be tested to prove that for one, a, um, one or a, um, that they gave, that they have the virus, that they gave me the virus and to prevent them from spreading it to other people. There's no mandatory law that says that in this case, um, that this person would be forced to be tested. The only time they would be forced to be tested is if it was a rape or if it involved a minor. Okay. Now you can choose to, this was just for the three states that I stated, um, North Carolina, New York, and Georgia. Now, if you live outside of those states, you can actually go to, um, cdc.gov and then in the search um, box, you can type state statutes explicitly related to sexually transmitted diseases. And this article will come up for you. And like I said, um, you can actually click on your state to prevent reading the whole article. You can just click on, click on your state link and it'll take you directly to your state statutes. Okay. Now, before I went to the cdc.gov, I went to a website called um, and I'll just read it out. It's um, www.criminaldefenselawyer.com. And then it's forward slash resources, forward slash transmitting, hyphen, STD, hyphen, criminal, hyphen, laws with an S, hyphen, penalties, dot HTM. All right. I'll say it again, criminaldefenselawyer.com. You can probably just go to that website and then type in um, SDD criminal law penalties. All right. So I went to this website and this website talked about criminal laws and penalties regarding an STD. Um, but also, the article also stated that criminal transmission includes both 
both HIV as well as other communicable or contagious sexually transmitted diseases. As I read um, this article, I noticed that some of the laws listed the individual diseases by name, like chlamydia, gonorrhea, so on and so forth, including herpes and HIV. But other um, other um, states used more general language that included um, um, any type, like they used the wording, any type of communicable, and I'm probably not saying that word right, or sexually transmitted diseases. So basically, some states list them out and some states did not. Um, they just generalized them. Also, some states limit these crimes to the tr- transmission of HIV. So um, there's only laws regarding HIV, while others um, states include HIV as one of the diseases covered by law. Um, and then other states provided additional penalties if the transmitted disease was HIV specifically. So there were kind of different categories of what laws did what, if you got this or if you got that. Um, And you can check out that by going to that website that I gave you. The article also went on to say that you could be convicted of of criminal transmission of an STD only if you cause someone else to be affected intentionally, knowingly, or recklessly. For example, if you have, um, if you've been diagnosed with a disease um, or STD and later engage in sexual relation with someone else without telling the person that you have the disease, you can be convicted if that person becomes infected. So depending on the state, even though the CDC.gov website, you know, and it could have been the states that I went to, um, like I said, each state is different. I don't know what state um this applies to but it does say in this article that if you give the disease or if you transmit a virus or a disease to a person and you knowingly knew that you had the virus but you did not tell the other party that you had it prior to having sex with them then you can be convicted um however if you um are unknowingly infected with the STD, meaning the person who gave it to you, if they did not know that they had the STD, you cannot be found guilty of this crime. In order to be convicted, a prosecutor must be able to show that you know that the person that gave it to you knew um, that they had the disease and intentionally exposed you or someone else to the danger of contracting the disease. Um, Alternately, a prosecutor can show that while knowing you had the disease you were indifferent to the risk of of exposing someone else and engaged in sexual activity that recklessly endangered the other person so basically you have to show you have to um, the prosecutor would have to prove that you knew that you had the virus that you did not tell the party that that you had the virus that you engaged in um unprotected sex, which is reckless um, sexual activity, um, which endangered the person that you gave it to. So those are the things that would um, cause a conviction. Now, the problem with this is that people can deny that they knew that they had the virus prior to being intimate with you. They can easily deny it. How can we prove that this person knew? They could easily say that they didn't have any symptoms. They never felt 
that they need to be tested because they didn't have outbreaks. So how do we prove that they knew prior to giving the virus to, you know, us? How can we prove that? Um, My thoughts is that maybe you could subpoena their medical records to prove that they had the virus prior to having sex with you. I don't know if that's legal. I would think that if you're saying that this person is reckless, they're an endangerment to society because they're out here spreading the virus, that subpoenaing, subpoena, how do you say it? Subpoenaing. <laughs> that sounds dirty. But subpoena, I'm, I'm not going to say it again. But requesting, <laughs> how about that? Requesting their medical records um, to prove that they had it prior to having um, sex with you, I think, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I would think that that was legal. Like you could get their medical records to prove it. Um, not, nah, but I don't know. Now the potential problem, um, with that though, is that a lot of people don't get tested. That's the problem. A lot of people, especially nowadays, don't get tested because they don't want to know. They don't want to know if they, if it's not bothering them, they may have had like a tingling sensation here and there. Um, they may have had a bump come up, you know, some occasions people have one outbreak and that's it. And they may have thought, you know, Oh my God, this may be herpes. But then after the initial outbreak, they get no more outbreaks. So they're like, whatever, I don't care. It's not bothering me. I don't have it. I don't want to know. So they go on with their lives having symptomless, um, reoccurrences and spreading the virus to people. And then when these people come back to them, I'm like, I don't have the virus. I don't have any symptoms. What are you talking about? I know my body. You know what I'm saying? They completely blocked out when they had their initial outbreak. You know, that never happened. That was something else. That was a rash. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just really hard because a lot of people don't want to know. They don't want to be um, accountable, basically, for, you know, having this virus and having to tell people that, you know, even if they don't know, I could potentially have a virus or even protecting themselves and protecting the other partner. So yeah, so that's the problem. Now, when, um, this listener actually brought this up to me, my heart really went out to her. Um, and I told her when I replied back that, you know, cause there was a lot more to the story and I'm not going to go into her story because she didn't give me permission to share. Um, but there was a lot that went behind, her contracting this and then him denying it. So my heart really went out to her. I don't know how I would have felt if my partner denied that he had given me the virus 20 years ago. Um, I probably would have lost it. Like it was devastating in itself that I now have this virus. Me, this is my first time having sex and this person gives it to me. But then if he had denied it, I honestly don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done. I guess one of the reasons why he didn't deny it is because he knew he took my virginity. Um, so he couldn't deny it. But at the end of the day, he told me, you know, when I told him that, you know, my doctor said I have herpes and you're the one who gave it to me. He didn't really say anything. All he's all he basically said was he didn't know and that he was gonna get tested. But it didn't matter to me anyway, because even if he got tested and came back and was like or if he said, quote unquote, that he got tested and came back and was like, nah, I don't have it. I know he would have been lying because he was the only person I had been with. You know, he was my first. So who else could have gave it to me? You know what I'm saying? 
And in the back of his mind, he would have knew. He would have known. No matter what he said, he would have known. Now, what do you guys think? Should a person be forced by law to take an STD test if they are accused of spreading the virus? Should there be a penalty for those who knowingly spread the virus or refuse to be tested? Let me know your thoughts. Hit me up at your Hiram Jones Hope um, at gmail.com. And that's Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S um, H-O-P-E at gmail.com. Just to let me know what you guys think. Should a person be forced to be tested? Now put yourself in um, that person's shoes. Say for instance, not to say that you guys would do this, <laughs> but say for instance, if you have protected sex, right? And you know that you could protect your penis men or uh, you can ask women you can ask the guy to wear a condom but that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll protect your partner from the virus so let's say that um that um well this wouldn't be you guys you guys are informed you guys are cautious you guys do tell your partners but in case you don't let's put yourself in um um your accuser's shoes say your accuser comes back and says you know you gave me this virus and I want you to be tested. What would you do? Would you take the test? Would you, even if, I don't know what the statutes are now, but if they said in your state, you have to be forced to be tested, how would you feel? So let me guys, let me know you guys, let me know how you feel about that. Um, and before I go, this is going to be a really short episode. We're at 20 minutes right now. <laughs> it's like one of the shortest episodes in a long time. Um, but before I go, just want to update you guys on my dating life. Um, I know that the past two episodes, I was saying that the story was still being written and I don't know, you know, where I stood and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's finally a wrap. (laughs) It's the end, (laughs) the end between me and my guy. And yes, I was sad. Yes, I was very disappointed. And some days I still miss him, but at the end of the day, um, I, I really had to take a hard look at myself and what I was allowing. Um, what helped me one day, and you guys know I'm a Christian. I was getting off from work and I take the train to work. So I was getting off from work and I was walking to my car from the train and I thought about him. Like I was thinking to myself, like I haven't heard from him in a couple of days. You know, this is like the in-between stages of the story still being a, still being written. I didn't know if we were going to try to, you know, get back together. We were still communicating, but it was still strained. And I thought to myself, I haven't heard from him in a couple of days as I was walking to my car. And before I got to my car, I heard a voice saying, and I'm, I'm going to say this was God because I believe that. Um, but I heard a voice say, when will you stop playing second and put yourself first? And it stumped me. Like I, I literally stopped in my tracks for a second and it just resonated with me. And I kept repeating that over and over and over in my head. And by the time I got to the car, cause it's a little walk to the parking lot from the train station. By the time I got to the car, I finally said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I cannot continue to play second because that's exactly what I was doing. And not to say I don't understand that he um, 
needs to work, that he has other things going on his, on his life. But at the same time, if you want a relationship, you'll work for the relationship. And I felt like he had gotten to a point where he saw that I was accepting of all of the, okay, well, I'll see you another time. Okay, you're busy. Okay, we'll, we'll reschedule. He got comfortable in that. And he was taking me for granted. And so I was no longer a priority to him. I was no longer, um, I just, I wasn't a priority, basically. I was, I was no longer a priority. And I need to be a priority to whoever I'm dating. I need to be important. I may not be the first, but he has a daughter. So I know that his daughter is important, you know, to him. So her needs come first in a lot of situations. And we were just dating. I wasn't his wife. So I understood that his daughter came first. But when you start putting work day after day after day, you make plans with, from, with me. You're supposed to be off. And then work calls you and say, hey, I need you to come in. Sometimes you need to say, no, I have plans. Think about your lady. You know what I'm saying? Think about your lady sometimes. Think about how disappointing this might be to her. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you don't have to, but you choose to go into work. So it made me question, like, how much did he want this? Does he really want this? Or am I just, you know, something to pass the time? And I never want to feel like that. So long story short, that situation is dead. It's dead. (laughs) And I feel good about it. I'm not, you know, I miss him some days because I miss, you know, our communication, especially in the beginning of the relationship. It was so sweet and it was so loving and it was all of that. But towards the end, I just felt unimportant and I don't ever want to feel unimportant, especially if I'm giving you myself, if I'm giving you all of me, I don't ever want to feel unimportant. You know what I'm saying? So I had to let that stuff go. He did wish me a happy birthday via Facebook, um, which isn't nothing. Everybody wishes me a happy birthday on my birthday on Facebook. Um, and he commented on a picture of, of um, a night that me and my friends were going out. But that's nothing. That's nothing. You can't even pick up the phone to call? Come on, man. You ain't really want this. <laughs> so, um, having said all of that, I am out there in the dating pool. I'm taking it very slow, though, because this is so fresh. Like, they always say the way to get over one man is to get under another. I'm not trying to get under another, but it's nice to have the attention from someone else, so it takes my mind off of him. So, um, I did meet someone new. I told him that, you know, I'm recently out of a relationship, so I'm not looking for a relationship right now. I'm just, you know, wanting to get out and have fun. And so he understands, and he basically was like, you know, I'm interested, so I'm good. So we'll see where that goes. I'm not putting a lot of hope in that. This is really like, you know, what do they call it? Um, What do they call it? Um, When you're getting over somebody, a rebound. (laughs) This is a rebound situation, but I'm not going to have sex with him. But, um, and I'm telling you guys too much of my business. <laughs> I mean, way too open with you guys. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dating with Herpes. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, please be sure 
to hit me up at yahirmajoneshope at gmail.com. Again, that is Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S-H-O-P-E at gmail.com. You can also, if you're listening from Anchor, you can hit the um, message button at the bottom of your screen to leave a message. Or if you're using any other streaming platform, you can hit my show notes to leave a message that way. Until next time, I'm your host, Shahira Jones. I hope this was a good episode for you guys. I hope this gave you a little bit of information. If you didn't get enough from it, go to those websites so that you can actually um, view the information for your state. But until next time, I'm your host, Shahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.